Up next, the news you can use from YAA. It's your 30-minute fix for all your car questions, industry news, and tips you can use when buying your next vehicle. We're your hosts, Ray and Zach Shepska, the founders of YAA. We're here every weekday, live at noon Eastern. Check us out at joinyaa.com. Come on! Well, it's noon here on Tuesday, January 10th in downtown Bethesda, Maryland, and this is news that you can use from YAA with your hosts, Zach and Ray. How are you today, handsome? I am doing well, Pops. How are you doing today? Apparently, I'm losing my voice. Uh, Some things don't change when we do this show, and you being funny is one of them, Pops. Let's kick things off. We have, let's jump right into it. Headlines like this today, Dad. Mannheim Price Index posts largest year-over-year decline in history. Now, I'm not as bad as some of those other headline writers out there. It was Forbes, if I'm not mistaken. Forbes used car. I know I spoke Forbes wrong. You did. Yeah. Used car prices post biggest drop on record. Yeah. Not not really, because the Mannheim the Mannheim Price Index tracks wholesale value. Whatever. I'm not going to be a nitpicker. But, Dad, we have historic levels of wholesale used car declines, 15% year over year for the month of December. And at the same time, in the same breath, we need to acknowledge this sentence. Yes. Which reads, while that decline was the largest in the series in the series history, compare that drop to the overall 88% increase in the 21 months from April 2020 to January 2020. 22. So, Dad, we have these headlines, rightfully so. I mean, yes. today's stream is titled Used Car Prices Crash at Historic Levels, and that is not inaccurate. They also went up at historic levels 88% during that period of time. <laughs> you know, and different data sources say different things. Blackbook yes. data showed that they were up, what was it, like 55%. So we are seeing, though, the push, the push towards normalization. Um, whatever that new normal is. Um Yes, used car wholesale prices have declined um, at a somewhat uh, rapid pace, Mm -hmm. uh, whether you're looking at Mannheim's uh, data or you're looking at BlackBook's data. BlackBook put it at 22.9% for last year, uh, decline in wholesale values. But we also know that retail asking prices have not declined anywhere near the same rate as the wholesale values. Um, retail values, according to Black Book, have declined about 9%, 85 9% for 2022. Um, and when you consider that, I don't know, the values were up, according to Mannheim, 88%, a 15% decline means, well, we're still, it's still 73% higher than it had been or, or than it should be. Um, but do I ever think we'll get back to those pre-COVID pricing levels? Probably not. Yeah, no, I think I think that kind of goes without saying. The expectation that these values ever go back. I mean, again, we can look at this visualization of the 20, oh, what is that, 20, no, that's 15 years worth of Mannheim data here from 1997 to today. No, that's 25 years. Man. With that. Yeah. Wait, that's all. That's 27 years. Whatever, it's 26 years. You can see that we are at historic peaks. Yes, coming down, but still, we're never going to go you, back. You to can this. you can see the crash in 2008, 2009. Yeah, let's put that into perspective. Here. The crash of 2008, 2009. It was it was. I'm putting. You guys can't see this, but I'm going to put my. It was one Zach index finger. Yeah. The crash of 2020, 2022 was like. Three Zach fingers. Yes. Okay, so we've already seen a bigger crash. But the but the 
built up in pricing uh, from 2009 uh, until COVID days. Um, it was just astronomical. And then, you know, once once dealerships reopened after the pandemic, well, then the then the increases were staggering. And and I believe, as we said at that time, that these type of increases aren't sustainable. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that's why you're seeing, uh, you know, declines of 15 to 23 percent, 22 percent in wholesale values. We will continue to see declines in retail values and wholesale values uh, probably throughout all of 2023. Let's look at the Black Book data really quick, Dad, because Black Book says that the overall market for the same period of time as mm-hmm. Mannheim went down 22.9 percent. Yes. That's an eight-point swing, if I'm not mistaken, fourteen point nine to twenty-two point nine. Go ahead. Well, one of the things we have to we have to take into consideration is Mannheim only uses the information from, from Mannheim auctions. from Mannheim auctions and their their uh, Cox controlled uh, sources for their report. And Black Book um, is able to gather about ninety-five percent of all transactions both at Mannheim and others. Yep. And I, I would have to believe that Black Book's data, because it includes more information, is probably a tad bit more accurate. So they have us down 22.9%. Vans, actually, last year were the only segment that ended the year appreciating up 3.2%. And again, folks, to just put this into context, in 2021, Vans appreciate 42.7%. So the numbers are, are, are slightly smaller in terms of total appreciation. Again, the Mannheim data had it at 88% in, uh, increase over 21 months. Here, if we were to add this up at BlackBook over 24 months, they say Vans, for example, appreciated 45%. Mm-hmm. Directionally, everything's still the same. You are starting to see prices come back down and normalize, again, down 22.9%. And we can look at, you mentioned this a moment ago, I'm going to scroll down. We don't, we're not going to look at all the segments. Let's look at the purple line. Let's look at the green line. The purple line represents 2021. Yes. And this is wholesale, two to six-year-old used car prices. Beginning of the year, everyone starts over here. Yes. Wholesale used car prices in 2021 were up over 50%. They ended 2022 right above our heads here. The green line, they ended down about 13%, 13 yes. to 15%. So we went up 50%. We went down, let's call it 15%. You still have you still have a lot more to fall. Yes. And, and then if you look at retail, that's the same story. And and the anticipation is, is that is that those drops will continue throughout 2023. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If they don't, I would be very surprised. Well, there's just so many outside pressures that will impact what goes on in both the new and used car markets. But primarily, affordability is one of the factors. Um, and the second factor is that uh, because of affordability, there's fewer and fewer people actually in the market. Um, rising interest rates are the main factor of impacting affordability. Um, so there's nothing that indicates that it's going to get, um, that the market's going to go and boom, you know, it's 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 kind of going to be bust a little bit this year. And we also had, Dad, we talked about a bit yesterday on the show, the uh, rental fleets, more new mm-hmm. car supply. And we've got this comment here from Stephen. CD, Chrysler, Dodge, Jeep, yeah. Ram, CD, JR dealerships are hemorrhaging Ram and Grand Cherokee models right now, offering six to $9,000 incentives for leases with super low money factors. So as you see, yes, 
new car inventory continue to come back, that'll also put downward pressure on used car uh, prices. Wholesale, this is from Chad. Chad, thanks yeah. for being a part of the community. Wholesale supply is still low, but the demand is down. Like Ray said, affordability is key. Eventually, these cars are going to have to come back into a price range where folks can finance them. Yes. And it makes sense. And and we're, you know, we're also seeing on top of all this that banks are tightening their lending criteria. So it's not as easy for people to get the loans that they want. Um, so, uh, and with vehicle pricing as high as it is, uh, the, the loans that they can get are just not affordable loans. So yes, dealers will be forced, if they want to sell cars, forced to lower the prices on the cars that they overpaid for when they bought them. They can hold on to them as long as they want or until their bank says, we need to see some money. Yeah. If 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 the dealership's used car inventory is not floor plan, then the dealer can hold on to it forever. It doesn't matter. It's, it's just that's his cash tied up in those cars. Uh, but if, if they're uh, paying interest on it, if the way they bought their inventory is because they floor plan it through their bank loans, um, the cost of doing that is going up. The value of the collateral is going down. And so the banks are going to want to make some type of adjustment so that the value of the collateral can be closer to what is still left on the loan balances, even for auto deals. All right. So you're talking about banks. You know, I love talking about finance. So, Dad, auto credit availability tightened again in December. And it tightened not only for consumers, but also for dealers like you're yes. alluding to. So we have this chart shows the dealer track credit availability index. Credit availability is down, down to one of its lowest points. Yes. I mean, obviously when COVID started, it was it was down significantly. But I mean, we are down back below 100 on this yes. index. We've previously been up well over 105. Now, what does this mean, Dad? Most credit availability factors moved against consumers in December as yield spreads widened. The subprime share declined, term shortened, and the share of loans with negative equity decline and down payments increased. The average yield spread on auto loans widened, so rates consumers saw on auto loans were less attractive in December relative to bond yields. The average auto loan rate increased seven basis points in December compared to November, while the U.S. Treasury went up 27 I, basis points. I, I just have a question for you. Uh, how many... How many people financing their cars are really interested about the, their making their their car loans are less attractive than relative bond yields? Uh, no, but I think you have to think about the people who are lending out the money. Oh yeah, this is this is like a, a bit of a forward indicator that the banks are going to continue to raise their rates because the rate that it costs them to hold on to that money is going up. Yes. so they're going to pass that along. Yeah, but the consumer doesn't care. They just all they care about is. What's my interest rate and what's my payment? And this is an indicator to those consumers that your interest rate is going to go up. Exactly. If yeah. you haven't gotten that pre-qualification, you're going to buy a car in the next 30 days, you should. Because February 1 is going to roll around and the, and the APR on that auto loan is going to go up. And it's happening across all lender types, Dad. Uh, credit access tightened across all lender types in December with credit unions tightening the most. On a year-over-year -year basis, credit access was tighter across all lender types except auto-focused finance companies. Over the last year, credit unions have tightened the most so their willingness to approve folks mm -hmm. and we've seen this i've seen it come up uh in our approvals as well uh, through our credit union partners i think we were with one of our partners it was only like only like 30 percent of people that applied actually got approved wow yeah so they're tightening they want to lend money to people who they feel confident that are actually going to bring that you know yeah. pay, bring that to fruition yeah well you know what's wrong with that thinking when you're lending the money yeah i completely agree yeah 
All right, Dad, uh, we've got a question from Injinkia. Is there a way for us to know if a car is fully planned versus paid for by the dealer? I don't think so. No, there wouldn't be any way for you to know. Yeah, I don't think no. so. Justin wants to know if he thinks we'll get back to normal prices by the end of this year. Well, it, it depends what, what you consider to be normal. If, if you're thinking normal is what pre-COVID pricing was, probably not. Um, I, I think what we're going to look at in the future is a new normal. Um, will the will the prices and values be closer to what historical norms have been in the past? Yes, I think they will be, but they won't be what they had been exactly. Yeah, I, if that makes any sense. Yeah, and Susanna's hitting the nail on the head. What is normal? Well, I'm I'm being redefined. Not. Yes, I'm certainly not. So, They're being it's being redefined. Yes. That's that's absolutely sure. All right, pups, let's turn our attention here. We've got some news. We're not going to yes. be seeing as many uh, Super Bowl commercials from our friends over at CarMax, Carvana, and Vroom. A headline story over on Automotive News. I didn't yeah. even read it, but I get yeah. a sense I understand why. Uh, so it doesn't pay to to spend millions on a on a Super Bowl commercial. Well, you, you, what's a, what's amazing is if you read the article a little bit and you look at quarterly ad spends for like. CarMax and Carvana and Vroom. Yep. Um, CarMax's advertising spending was uh, uh, the last three months ending November 30th was what, $58.7 million. Down 23%. Uh, okay. Carvana, who's in deep doo doo, okay, cash flow wise, um, well, they only spent $117 million, more than double what CarMax spends, and they sell less than half of what CarMax sells. Growth uh, company, baby. Yeah. 7% down from a year ago. And Vroom, Dad, their ad spend down 58%. So they're making they're making some pragmatic decisions here, right? Well, first of all, if cash is tight, if you know the market's tight, um, do you really want to spend $7 million for a 30-second commercial? And, you know, when you hear $7 million for 30 seconds, that's just the time. That's just the cost of the time. That that doesn't include the cost of production of the ad. Okay. So let's say it costs you a half a million dollars to produce. It's seven and a half to eight million dollars to have an ad run for 30 seconds on the Super Bowl um, to advertise cars in a declining market. Yeah, I want to jump on that bandwagon. Yeah, definitely um, not. Yeah. You know, and, and it's interesting. I continue to get and continue to um, every single day yes. get price drop emails. Yes. From Carvana. We've been tracking this, you know, for example, this Acura MDX. It was $20,590. Drum and roll, now? please. It is now $19,990. You know, it's just going to continue. We're going to continue to see their and, cash crunch. And even at that price, extremely overpriced. Should we demonstrate? What it is. Yeah, let's demonstrate. Uh, a 2012, uh, was that an MDX? Or yeah, an it's a 2012 MDX, MDX with 71,874 miles. And let's 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 show everyone how we think about what a fair price yes. is for a vehicle like this. I need the VIN. There it is. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to go to joinyaa.com. I've heard of that place. Yes, you have. Yeah. And then I'm going to log into my account once it loads, once it loads, once it loads. I guess I could have just gone directly to the app. But I'm logging into my account. I want to see what the Black Book trade-in value mm -hmm. is for this vehicle. Again, we partner with Black Book. It was 71,000 miles. Yeah. 
I would really cut the value from seven hundred eighteen thousand dollars. Yeah, it really would. It probably break yeah. black book. Yeah. Um, where is this vehicle? Free pickup from a car vending machine. Okay, great. Um, Free delivery to Washington D.C. So. All right. Oh, it's in Gaithersburg, okay. Gaithersburg, Maryland. All right, okay. great. So we're going to choose Maryland over here. All right, any guesses before I hit? hit uh, so this is a price drop. Yeah. A price drop from Carvana. They originally had this. Actually, this may have been the one I was tracking back when it was $10,000 more, but it was $29,000, excuse me, $20,590. Yeah. They took 600 bucks off. We're at nineteen nine. It's a 2012 Acura MDX with 71,874 miles. Guesses in the chat, pretty please, what we think the Black Book median um a retail value is going to be not trade-in not private party but retail value what do you think it's going to be pops uh, i think it's going to be about 15.5 to 15.5 that's what bonsai thinks or bonsai yeah we got sixteen thousand. <clears throat> we got 12.5 let's see i'm 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 thinking you're you're probably 16 to 14 000. all right let's see let's see who's i'm get thinking wholesale on it is probably about 12 grand wholesale we're saying yeah. median retail is yeah. we're all we're all yeah. ending up somewhere around 16.5 okay We've got 9,999. I don't think so. Yeah. All right. I'm going to go 15. Okay. Five. <laughs> I seven. said 15. 15, five, five seven. To, to 16. Yeah. All right. Let's see. Median retail. Let's all do this math together. Give me a second. We're going to add the two numbers together. And we're going to divide by two because that's how you get an average. We're going to put them in parentheses. 16775 $16,775. Mm -hmm. So their price is still $3,000 high. Yes. Wow. Yes. And what did I say trading was? Twelve five. Yeah, you said trading was going to be around twelve five. Mm. Damn. He might have done this for a while. Might have. Might have. Been a while. We had a comment come in here from Mike saying another clickbait title. Cute dog, Mike. Are we actually seeing crashing prices? Yeah, Mike, we actually are. We we 100% are. We referenced it at the beginning. It's year over year. The title from Mannheim is the largest historic uh, price drop year over year in, ever in, yeah. in history. Yeah. Um, prices are still way too high. Yes. I, I mean, so as much as we'd like to make that a clickbait title, it, in this case, it's really not. Now, you know, maybe if, if Zach put in there uh, biggest drop in wholesale car values since, I don't know, uh, the Flintstones, <laughs> then that might have been hyperbolic. But in this 27 years of Mannheim yeah. data, and they're the ones coming out and saying it, you know. Yeah. And, then, and then, again, we can even, you know, we're kind of poking fun with the Super Bowl ads. But the reason those companies are stopping spending so much money on advertising is because they're seeing the market change right in front of them. Yes. We're seeing inventories push things down. So, you know, yeah. No, I, I no, this was this was not one of your clickbaity titles. Thank you. I appreciate it. You're that. welcome. All right, Dad, you, you put a few other things that I thought were interesting in yes. our show topics we have here, Dad. Yes. Love getting your take on EV. Number of U.S. charging stations must quadruple through 2025. In 2025, 7.8 million EVs could be in operation in the U.S., according to S&P Global Mobility. So we've talked about before on this show, the need for infrastructure to support the EV push is desperately there. Um, well, what I found interesting in that is they, they say it has to quadruple between now and the end of 2025 that's that's three years okay i i i don't see how that's possible yep uh in such a short period of time um and i understand that ev sales uh you know as a percentage of overall sales is is increasing dramatically yep, every quarter yeah um 
but we're still, you know, at a certain point, if the charging station situations don't get resolved, then that growth will slow down for the amount of EVs being sold because, well, there's just no place for people to charge them. Completely agree. Yeah. And the prices are super high. Yeah. It continues to be an interesting. Well, and the real, the real issue is uh, that at so many of these charging stations, the number of chargers that don't work. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a relatively high percentage. Shout out to Kyle from Out of Spec Motoring. He's doing a great job over on, he's here on YouTube. He's yeah. on LinkedIn. He's on Twitter. He's everywhere documenting how challenging it is to find chargers that uh, that actually work. So yeah, it's a, it's another factor in all this. Let's actually, though, Dad, let's switch gears. Okay. Let's jump into it because I didn't want either of those two topics. They could have been really got to be kidding yeah. but we got two good ones. Yes. We do. Oh. Really? You, you got to be, be kidding, kidding me. All right, Pops, here's the yes. Yeah, We're going to start with this one, the one yes. I did not prep you for. Oh, the one you haven't shared with me at all. All right, we've got Inrix 2022 Global Traffic Scorecard, London Top's list as most congested city, U.S. cities, inch closer. Before inch closer to what? The record. Oh, okay. I want your guesses. London is the top city. How much time? Don't look at the screen. Okay. How much time yeah. do you think the average driver lost in the year sitting in traffic in London, they got number in, one in the year. In the year, and I want guesses in from the community. Yep, in the year. Yep. Um, so let's say they sit in traffic three hours a day. And let's say the, the, so. What's three times the nine thousand hours? You think they lost nine thousand <laughs> hours? Nine hundred hours? You're about to make me do really. You gotta be kidding me on you at yeah. nine thousand hours. Nine hundred hours. The top five most congested cities in the world: London, 156 hours lost. Chicago, 155 hours sitting in traffic. That's, Paris. That's BS. I'm gonna I'm gonna say it right now, and here's why I'm gonna say it's BS. I used to drive from Arnold, Maryland. Yep. To uh, Towson. Yep. Okay. Every day. Yep. Okay. And every day I would get stuck in the same congested traffic congestion on on the beltway yep. every day yep there was there was at least 45 minutes every day just going to work yeah that i was stuck in traffic okay yeah. if if i was done with my work day at five o'clock and i wanted to leave well then i was guaranteed another 45 minutes being stuck in traffic coming home yep that's two and a half hours I hate to break it to you, though, Dad. Al's on it. There's only, and he has a typo, 8,736 hours in a year. Okay, but but three hours a day. I know, but your first guess was 9,000. I did the math (laughs) wrong. But three hours a day, you know, what's three times? There's 30, 30, so let's say you're driving uh, 25 days a a month to go to work. That's three times 25, 75 times 12. That's a hell of a lot more than 156. All right, the other one we got for I you. I mean, Bob. I'm not. You, I proved at the start that I'm not real good at math, That's but true. I. But I'm pretty sure 12 times 75 is a hell of a lot more. I mean, two times 75 got you right there. There you go. Yeah, they do take long holidays over in Europe. Rolls Royce CEO. Yes. Really, you got to be kidding me. Customers became even younger last year. Now, yes. Dad, if I'm not mistaken, yes. uh, Rolls-Royce owned by BMW. BMW also owns Mini. Mini is their brand that you know young people should yes. be able to have access to. 
If I'm not mistaken, though, okay, yes, the average age of a Rolls Royce customer is younger than that of a mini customer. How could that be? I, I can explain that one to you. Yeah. On my first day when I started at Mini of Baltimore County, yep, in Owings Mills, yep, um, there was like this older woman standing with her older husband yep. standing by a convertible in the showroom floor. And I walked by and I said to her, you know, if, if you keep looking at that, you're going to have to take it home. Yep. And and her husband said, don't tempt her. And of course, she took it home. Yeah. She was 83 years old. What I didn't realize is like she was like the average age of our customers. <laughs> I mean, the, it really many skews much, much older than you would think. And the reason for that is because it's us old folks that buy those things because we're trying to recapture our youth. Wow. Okay. This was an 83 year old woman. Couldn't wait to be driving around in her convertible. Yeah. Like a kid again. Yeah. Okay. Um, and, and today's young people who have money say to themselves, why wouldn't I want to be driving a Rolls Royce? Well, I could, I could think of, a couple hundred thousand or 400 500,000 reasons why. Yeah, we do have the clients themselves became even younger last year. This comes from yeah. Rolls-Royce. We are now on an average age of 42. We are even younger than a brand like Mini, for instance. Yeah, so I hear you out there, yeah. but it's also it's, the haves it, and have-nots and those oh who can afford it. Oh, my God, yeah. You know, I wonder, if, I wonder just huh. out of curiosity, if that, if that shift supervisor at McDonald's that was making 10 25 an hour, you know, if they could have embellished his income enough to get him to qualify for one of them. Referencing, referencing video we had over on the YAA channel. If you didn't see it, let's wrap today's show up pops with what is on your wrist. And this yes, is this website. The new segment. Uh, this website is a little too much for me. Well, going just on. hit order today. Okay. All right. Just hit order. And that'll take you to the watch. There you go. What's on your wrist, Dad? This is what's on my wrist. This is a Panzera. Panzera is an Australian company. Okay. The watches are assembled in Australia. I don't want you to think that they're using all Australian goods because I don't know. The the real uh, operation in the watch is, well, Japanese. Okay, Dad. Okay. <laughs> it's a Miota uh, uh, timepiece that they use. Um, but it's a great looking watch, I think. Um, and they make this is my second uh Panzera watch, but I just love the look at it with the look of it with the black dial with the yellow contrast and then the rubberized band with the yellow uh contrasting stitch. Now, question for you did you pay list price? Uh, no, I got it at 50% off. There you go, folks. I just want to prove through these watch segments that you pay, you will never pay list price for anything. <laughs> I am. You know, I I I kept I kept seeing ads, and when they said, "Hey, pre-order at fifty percent off," bingo. Now I waited several months to get the watch that I pre-ordered at fifty percent off, but yeah, I, I think I paid two hundred and eighty-five dollars or something like that. If it's taxable, it's negotiable. Well, I didn't even negotiate. I just took advantage of their 50% off coupon code. You know, kind of like what people do when you run those. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Every once in a while, we do yeah. run promotions. All right, Pops, let's go to show. Yeah. Again, used car prices are crashing at historic levels. Oh, wait. Can I just say one thing to Chad? Yeah, go for uh, it. You know, I I had any number of tornos from when we were precision team dealers. They would always 
give you a Torino watch. Really? Um, I think one of them I gave to your brother-in-law, Zach. Hmm. Um, and yeah, I had, and I think I traded a couple of the others that I had. But yeah, absolutely. I had a number of Torino watches that I had gotten because we were a precision team dealer at Acura North Scottsdale. Jim enjoys the watch segments, and they will be novel, Jim, for about what? You got about 40 watches. So for the next 40 days, <laughs> this will be a segment you enjoy, and after that, it'll just be reruns. Well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, uh, I'm gonna have to buy more watches. Any Richard? Mule? No, no, no. We don't no. got money like that. No, 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 no. I have. Knock I got off. some knockoffs. Yeah. <laughs> I have a Sega design that people keep mistaking for a Millie, but it's not. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no way. No. All right, folks. We will be back tomorrow. What time, pops? Uh, noon. Noon Eastern, nine specific, with uh, I believe more news that you can use, and well, another watch from the collection. See you guys then. Thanks, Pops. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you back here tomorrow. <laughs> Join us again next time, which is probably tomorrow, to get the news you can use from YAA. YAA is your trusted source for all things auto. Thanks for listening. See, see you, you soon. soon.